0: So anyway, I just didn't know if you had given any thought to, but I say fuck it. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, Same way, dude. I mean, because I, I mean, it's just part. Uh, it's part of who I am. I just just drop
1: it. Well, and I get passionate about stuff, and it's like sometimes saying – boy, I really like that. doesn't really get it. To be, I mean, I fucking dig it. It yeah. just sounds better. Yeah. Right? And, or like, I fucking
0: hate that shit. You know, like, I, I need, like, exactly. you know. yeah,
1: okay, all right. Exactly, uh, like when somebody comes up next to me and parks right next to me when I'm dispersed camping and sets up camp, I fucking like, hate that fuck shit. Fuck that dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not
0: like, gosh, I don't like that guy. Yeah. It's like, fuck that guy. Like, I, gosh darn, I, G willigers, you know, that really got me upset. You know? Exactly. Like, fuck that dude. Yeah, no, I, all right. I, I say just, I say just let him go. All so. right all
1: right all, all right on. cool well uh so let's uh let's go ahead and get started here for our podcast today i'm super stoked to finally get to introduce to y'all craig coleman who has come back from foot surgery foot surgery prison and sabbatical so welcome back craig
0: thank you sir it's yeah. good to see you man yeah great to be here so
1: you've been uh you've been kind of on lockdown for gosh what well, definitely all summer with the surgery, you, you've had quite the go of it. What what all happened with that?
0: Yeah. So I, I've got it, – it was a – the surgery I had was a, a tibial sesamoidectomy on my left foot. Okay. Um, so not to get too down into the details there, but the, you've got two sesamoid bones underneath your big toe joint. And um, – one of them fractured, and it actually broke into two pieces. Mm-hmm. And the bone is about a pea; it's pea size, so it's really small. So it's not like something that you can, you know, drill into and screw back together again. It's really a um, a problematic injury. So um, it wasn't healing, and I they ended up cutting in there and taking it out and sewing it back up. And All so right. it was um, it was rough. You know, we. I, I came out here, I think it was May, June, and mm-hmm. I and I saw you and I was in that walking boot and Yeah, I could tell you weren't feeling very good. That was that was, it seemed like it was giving you lots of problems. <clears throat> totally depressing. You know, you get you get injuries like that mm-hmm. and it's it's like, Am I is life ever gonna be good again? You know, am I am I ever gonna be able to walk? You catastrophize. Um, mm-hmm. you try to stay positive, but um, yeah, it took me out. I've I've been um mostly incapacitated for the last six months. Damn. Um and um yeah, it was rough. That's rough gonna go be what's well, gonna be hard because you went
1: from, you know, a truck camp on full time freedom to whatever you want to like physically not being able to do anything. Yeah. For 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 what? Like you couldn't put weight on it for like six weeks or something like that?
0: Um I mean I would I would even say it was longer than that. I I I would say it was more on the order of like three months. I couldn't put any weight on it, and um, dude, that would drive just the interactivity would drive me crazy. Yeah, it's it's interesting because you know we, you and I were talking in the winter time. We were strategizing, having plans. Both of us. I was in a period, you know, where. I, I had taken a step back from certain things to help my sister out and I was ramping back up, right mm-hmm. to get back on the road. We were talking about cool stuff we were gonna do. yeah and then and then I got out here and then my foot explodes and it was just it was just devastating, you know, to have such a, a prolonged, uh, Buildup of like, all right, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this change, and yeah. then my foot explodes. And then yeah, it's just, so yeah, yeah. But anyway, it's it's great to be sitting here now.
1: Well, hell yeah, that's that's yeah. awesome. I bet it was awesome to get back on the road too. It's like that freedom that 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 you that literally you don't you can't explain it unless you're doing it. You know, because like like people are like, oh, it's great to go on road trips. It's like, yeah, but it's great when you go on a road trip when the destination's unknown. Like, and it's indefinite. You're just like, I'm hitting the road.
0: Yeah. No, it's, it's, you know, to get a little Latin on you, like tabula rasa, which means open table. It's mm-hmm. like a clean slate. And there's nothing like that. I mean, I, I, made, I made that post on, um, you know, the Facebook group the other day about, you know, I sleep better in my truck than I do in a bed because yes. there, there's just something about, it's like an open canvas, like being an artist. You just get to create what you want to create and there's, there's something really exciting and energizing about that. So um, totally. I'm, that's, that's where I am right now. <clears throat> nice, there's no, no doubt about it. That's cool. Yeah. I think I agree with you. Just
1: like the open canvas to be on the road. I've never really thought of it like that, but since you said that, that's absolutely true. It's like, what do you want to be today? You know, like, and that's, that's available for anybody. And I think that's, that's one reason why I've, I've been so excited to share this lifestyle and especially through this, this medium through the podcast is to, Communicate to people like, hey, you know, like, like we were talking this morning before we came in here, you know, at camp when we were doing breakfast. It's like, you know, some people are just stuck in a rut and they don't realize, like, hey, there's there's other ways to live out there that are completely stress not not completely stress free, but mostly void of stress, and that feed your life and your soul in a way that no other lifestyle can. And it's like, you know, when you follow your heart like this, like I always think about myself, like. If I went back to my 30 year old self when I was living in Southern California and I you know, thought I was hot shit, um, I think like if I could tell that person like, hey, when, when you when you're 43, you're going to be living on the back of your vehicle, <laughs> and you're going to love it, I'd be like, well, I'm not fucking going crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. But it's crazy how it's awesome. It is. It's like it's so incredible. Like we were talking about that this morning. It's so much inspiration is derived, derived from living this way, and it's like you know being having to go back when you have with your foot and you have to get that taken care of. But that must've just been fucking like mental torture to sit there and like be exposed to the bullshit news and all the crap that goes along with like normal society that brings people down. And it's just basically a distraction from being happy.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, there's, there's so much you just said there that, uh, I mean, I'm, you know, I resonate so well with what, what we're talking about here. I, um, you know, it's 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 not even it's. This isn't a stress free lifestyle, and and but I, I do think that there's like I have a chance with the way that we live, and I personally have come to the conclusion that I don't have a chance to live the life that I want when when I'm focused on career development, when I'm focused on. Um, uh, accumulating assets when I'm focused on um, being in that rat race, like that's that's the stress that I, I can't. I, I just I can't do it. I've just come to the realization, and and I think we've both come to the realization that we can't we can't survive under it. And that doesn't mean that what we're doing right now doesn't have stress. We've got lots of stresses. There are different kinds of stresses, mm-hmm. but there's those are the stresses, those are the challenges that I want to be confronting. I get so much more satisfaction out of, like, where am I going to find water today? Mm-hmm. What, what's my food situation going to be like? Yeah. You know, How long is, can I stay out? Yeah. yeah is my truck going to be able to handle this? Like, confronting those kinds of challenges as opposed to, You know, how am I going to navigate the political structure in my corporate life? You know, like my boss wants me to do this, but I want to do this. And then Joe Schmo, you know, is coming in on my angle over here. Like that, that is insanity or that that's the environment that it it makes me insane. Mm -hmm. And I I get anxious. I get depressed. I get angry. Um, And so... Yeah, this is not an easy way to live, um, but really, like I, I don't like we were talking about last night and this morning. Like, I, I don't see any other way to uh, be okay with who I am without shifting from that neurotic, stressful life in suburbia and corporate life. Um, I I don't see any way to be content there. Mm-hmm. And I do see a way to be content like just finding water in yeah. a decent camp place and There's something knowing, so satisfying about that. It's uh it's indescribable. Yeah. It really really is and, mm-hmm. and I, I'll sacrifice anything mm-hmm. to go after challenges like that, as opposed to like, you know, how am I gonna get ten million dollars and become the owner of this corporate structure and like be awesome in the eyes of everybody yeah i
1: uh i i totally agree with everything you said and and uh, you know and in my in my situation i woke up one day in the corporate world and i just thought you know like i said this morning i could wake up a decade from now you know this is what i thought when i had this had this epiphany but it's like i woke up and i'm like fuck 10 years could go by and everything would be the same except i'd just be older you know, and I'm like, nothing about this right now is inspiring me. Nothing that I'm doing in the corporate world is inspiring me. It's like, you know, I, yeah, I had a company and it made money, and you know, I had a potential to make a lot more, and I just didn't even give one shit about it. I was like, this thing could blow up tomorrow, and I'd be happy because I don't, I don't want the stress with it. I don't want all the bullshit that came with it. You know, all the crap of wanting to get paid on time by corporate companies that were publicly traded that would never pay me on time, but I still have payroll to make. And my payroll was like ten thousand a a week. Yeah. You know, it's like it's easy to get behind when they're six or seven weeks behind on payment. Yeah. You know, but it's like they look at me like I'm the problem. I'm like, fuck you people. Like I don't need this in my life. This is all created because of this corporate bullshit. And granted there are some people that have a pleasant experience in the corporate world and that's awesome. If it fits for them, yeah, then, more that's, power to them. then that's that's their niche, but it's not mine. And, and it's like, once I started to come out here, I realized I was like, okay, I can still be confronted with immense challenges, but when I'm in the backcountry, it gives me a platform and an environment to handle those stresses in a much more clearer thought pattern. And also it's just like a more nurturing environment in my opinion. So it's like when you're out there, you can make decisions that are healthier for your short term and long term. Goals that you want to do as opposed to just reacting out of, like you said, you know, I'm the same way. I go, I would get angry in the corporate world or I would have be anxious or whatever. Fuck, I was anxious all the time because I never got paid on time, you all know, right. for the company that I had. All the bills were going out. It's on, on paper, I was killing it, but on, in reality, I wasn't. Yeah. And it's just, and it's just like, you know, you look at that and you think, okay, I'm fighting every day just to, just to, just to like function. And this is not fun. Every day is a struggle. And it's like, and then you come out here and it's, You have those different challenges like finding water or even if you're running low on food, maybe you want to go fishing and find food or, or, you know, whatever. Maybe you're finding a good campsite. And it's like when you do those, those are the most basic components of living, like, you know, food, water, shelter, you know. And then when you take care of all those and you do it independently on your own, not being tied to the grid, there's something satisfying about self reassuring and satisfying about that to where you're like, I can take care of myself in any situation. Self-sufficiency.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it. And, and I, I mean, it's, it's like, if there's one message that I would want to convey and, and I want to continue to convey and, and, in, in doing these kinds of things, it's like, if you're, so that there are people that enjoy the, corporate life and building businesses and uh, being entrepreneurs or getting in a management ladder and having a family and like awesome like that's awesome but my message is if you don't if you feel like something's wrong and and you just can't get that lifestyle right there there is an alternative way like what you and I are doing we're not yeah, we're dirt bags. We haven't showered in like five or six days, and like that's kind of funny. But uh, so you know, literally we're dirt bags. But we're not. Our life isn't like a. Um, we're not a drain on society. We're not begging for for food and water out there. We're finding other ways to be productive and self sufficient. Mm-hmm. um and and so there is an alternative way where you don't need to be in the trap of that um getting uh getting married having kids mm-hmm. getting the house with the getting the mortgage and you know having st- job stability and all mm-hmm. that stuff like that like i i for the better part of my adult life i tried to make that work and I think that there was like this internal compass that was subconsciously telling me like that's not going to work. But I tried to force it and made it work. And like all sorts of like neurotic, anxious, um, sideways kind of stuff would come out of me. And I'm just here to testify that if you're willing to make that leap of faith that you can uh, try something different. Um, take that leap of faith and it's, it's hard. Um, it's, it's not a linear pathway. It's not like, you know, one day I'm just going to step out and like everything is puppy dogs and roses. Um, it's a challenge, but fucking a man, like I wouldn't have life any other way than to be confronting this challenge Mm -hmm. and realizing that like doing things differently, that's what I'm called for. Like I'm not a, I'm, I'm not someone that just is resigned to doing this fucking corporate mortgage yeah. house in the suburbs, fucking bitching wife, and 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 i or I, or, and, or or for the or a bitching man. Yeah. You know, if there's yeah. a woman out there, you know, like there's definitely dudes that are. Little, too much, little freaking bitches, yeah. and um, so <laughs> well, I, I mean I yeah I, I I've got colorful language I'm going to use it, but I, I you know I, I definitely uh, look up to the women a lot who are um, able to, and I, I learn a lot from them. So anyway, I'm yeah. trying to I'm no, trying no to support I, that. No, you know?
1: I t- I totally understand where you're coming from, and you know, um, it's just it's interesting how you know I spent 19 years in the corporate world. And it's interesting how I look back on those nineteen years, and I don't really remember much, much of substance. I remember what I did. I can say, okay, well, in these years, I, this was
0: my job role. I mean, these well, let me are, let me tap into that. Like, what, uh, what was your mentality? Like, if you're you know you're a smart guy, you went to college, and then you move into the corporate. Like, what was your like mindset? You were were you like? I'm just going to earn a shitload of money and, Mm -hmm. and you know, have lots of stuff and I'm going to have the woman that I want. Was that your mentality? And like, like what, so what it was, what was it? Yeah, that was the mentality. Like I, I went,
1: I got an international business degree with a minor in Spanish and minor in marketing. And I love marketing. Like, you know, (laughs) we've talked about that. Awesome. And I, I just, I love, I love thinking about ways to position things to where people will absorb it and consume those things. And, and when I say consume, I don't necessarily mean like a product. I mean like like a podcast, you know, we'll consume audio or whatever. Um, and I really enjoyed that. And, and when I was in the corporate world, I found out that I was good at sales because I can talk to a lot of different people. And so I never had a problem making money in the corporate world. I did, I did well with commission plans because you typically with sales jobs, you have like a little tiny base salary and you make the majority of your money on commission for what you sold because that's your job. So I didn't have any issues with that and actually rocketed up the ladder pretty quick in the corporate world. But I remember, like, each rung that I would hit, they'd be like, hey, you're VP of sales now or you're this or you're that. And I'd think, like, who fucking cares? Like, this uh, this means nothing to me. Like, I, f- I, f- I would feel nothing. People would be like, high-five me. I'd be like, thanks. Everything's great. And I'd, like, fake it, like, that I was stoked. So what
0: did you, like, and you, I mean, so you went through, like – almost two decades of this Mm -hmm. lifestyle. So, and you kept on, I I mean, they they talk about that, that definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results. Mm -hmm. So what, I mean, what was your mindset? So you, you're, you're, you're a rock star Mm -hmm. in your twenties, moving into your early thirties, you're making bank. Mm -hmm. So what, like, what was your mindset? Like, what were you doing wrong and and like, how did you try to fix it at yeah. that time?
1: Well, the thing is, I didn't try to fix anything. I just tried to cover it up mm. because I, I I did feel as though I didn't believe anything. I didn't believe in anything I was doing. You know, it, it didn't matter if it was internet stuff that I was selling or three D renderings I was selling for pre marketing purposes for real estate projects or the sign business I had. I didn't believe in any of that stuff. When I always felt like. I need to be out there doing something different than this because this isn't where my skill set lies, and this isn't where I can give back to give back to society. Like I was basically in a a one person consumption mode, you know, because when you make a ton of money and you can afford whatever you want, you typically, if you're working all the time, the way that you try to justify it and the way most people justify themselves, they go out and spend their money because right. they're like, hey, I'm going to reward myself with like a. this or that or one thing all that is is just an exercise and overconsumption and it's not fulfilling i mean ask anybody who goes out and buys a brand new car and then ask them like four months later if they have that same stoke of when they bought that car they don't you know it's just like it's a fleeting moment i think that's why consumerism has a tendency to well it definitely promotes overconsumption because if you have the means to buy stuff people just consume 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 for the most part if they don't if they're not checking themselves and so you know, once I, once I kind of realized I was at a, I was at a job interview, this was before I started my sign company, but I was at a job interview in 2011 for that coupon company. It was, uh, it wasn't Groupon. It was the other one. There was, anyway, there were two at the time that were competing Yeah, and it was a Great job, and I was down to it was like me and three other people that they were down to. And they're like, all right, the base salary is 112000 dollars plus quarterly bonus plus commissions, We will probably make like $250 total. But you'll be on a plane like six days a week. And I was looking around the room with the two other guys I was interviewing with, and they were both, I believe, I think they were in their mid-50s.
0: Yeah.
1: And I was I was uh 35, and I looked at them, I'm like, I don't want to be in my mid-50s interviewing for another job. Like that was a fucking eye-opener. Yeah. And I remember people talking shit on those guys going, oh, look, look at those older guys. I'm thinking like, hey, they're just, they're just, trying, they're just trying to make a living. They're right. probably probably good at what they do. That's why they're here. They're, yeah. not, they're not idiots. But I thought like I don't want to be in that position when I'm in my middle to latter 50s interviewing for another mid-level sales job or mid-level management job. I was like I want more control in my own life because I felt as though my life was always in the hands of other people, whether it was the economy because of the recessions. Or, I think there have been three recessions since I got out of college. And there's been two. There's a well, mini the, like, one. The dot com like the boom dot com. bust. Yeah, no, it's, So there's been three actually. So we, well, there was the dot com boom bust, and then the 2007 one, and we'll probably have another one here within the next year or two.
0: Right. So
1: it's been two so far, but it's always been cyclical. And I thought, like, okay, if I'm tied to the market, and the market is just wavering up and down, roller coaster ride, then I'll have the highs you know, like everybody else will, but I'll also have the lows too. And I don't want that. I want to eliminate myself or or try to insulate myself from that sort of uh, risk and exposure. And then, you know, just going back to like what I said about not believing in what I was doing, I'm the sort of person to where if I'm going to do something, I have to believe in it wholeheartedly or else I won't do it. Yeah. And I got to the point to where I was making excuses not to do work because I was like, I don't believe in this shit. I don't want to do it. It's boring. It's unfulfilling. All it's doing is putting money in my pocket. It's not helping anybody else out. And I don't want this. This isn't what I want out of my life. Like I want to go in a different direction. And at the time I didn't know what direction that was, but I, but I figured I'm like, you know, if I get on the road, the road will show me the path. Nice. And that's, so I kind of had to do that leap of
0: faith. That's it right there. If I'm on the road, the road will show me the path. That's like, that's, that's essentially like the motto for this yeah. podcast. You know, the road can be metaphorical, but
1: anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And I, and I think to anybody out there who was feeling the way that I was in the corporate world, you know, you don't have to go truck camp in order to find your, right. your, your bliss. Maybe your bliss is spending more time with your family or volunteering, at your local totally. state park, you know, doing conservation work or, or helping the, helping the elderly or, or whatever it may be. Um, you know, the only thing I want to say is I want to use my experiences and my lessons that I've learned to hopefully encourage other people to like get, think outside the box and break the norm and like go out and venture into those areas to, to find themselves. Yeah. I mean, this one-size-fits-all shit for this work 40 years for the best days of your life, nine to five, that's, I'm that's sorry. fucking insanity. Yeah, that's, that's a system set up to where it, I don't know how many people are going to come out of that being like, that was awesome. Right. You know? yeah. I, don't, I don't know many people when they're 65 being like, "Dude, I fucking loved the last 40 years. It's been great going to the office with that jerk
0: boss that I had." I'm so glad I sacrificed the best physical years of my <laughs> life to get money so that I can finally go do what I want. You know, at age 65, yeah. when I can't physically do it.
1: Totally. And and you know, and, oh, and I want to make mention is We did have an individual email us and say, "Hey." You know, I'm I'm 65 and I can do the stuff that I want, and that's that's awesome. Um, when I when I'm talking about my own personal life, and I think Craig's doing the same. When we're talking about like you know 65, we both have injuries right now that are affecting us. So what's that look like 20 25 years from now? You know, that's that's where those statements come from. It's certainly not. Um, you know, meant to say that you can't do stuff when you're 65. I, I met a guy who he, he was 82 last year who was out solo winter camping. And he backpacked in up to Bear Lake and winter camped for five days, and he was coming down the trail. And I'm, I saw him on the trail. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I was back up there backpacking for five days. I'm like, that's badass. But I know that, like, like with my back injury and my knee injury, when 82 rolls around, I, can, I won't be able to do
0: that. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm and, certain. And, I, and to your point about, you know, if it, what, what works for you, works for you and and there's a lot of people out there that that have successfully navigated that life of uh, working for working for having their own business or working for a company and they've done all the right things in saving money and um, made making good decisions and that's freaking awesome like I I, I don't I, I don't uh, I, I don't slam anybody and say like you're doing it wrong I'm doing it right Yeah I I, I think what we're just promoting is the idea that there's not you, you don't have to do it one way mm-hmm. and and if you're um, if you're fighting if you feel like you're fighting upstream and it's not feeling right if you're hitting milestones like both you and I have whether it's monetary mon- ma- ali- um, milestones or you know, getting certain credentials and whatnot. Um, and and it's not feeling right. My experience has been that stepping back from uh, identifying. I figured out that I was following other people's expectations. I was following other people's goals.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was following other people's rules. And that's where... I needed to go through some kind of uh, you know not one eighty, but I, I needed to go in a different direction, and that was you know getting back to my original question to you as to you know what what, what was your pattern of insanity? Mm-hmm. Um, my pattern. If I'm answering that question, I I was I had certain um, I had certain influences on my life that. Um, I felt I needed to meet their expectations. Um, I, you know, people, people would say, you know, I was, I was smart. People would say, oh, you should do this, you should do that. People would map out that, you know, you need to get a stable career, save money, yada, yada, yada. So I, I spent, you know, my, my years um, from 20 to essentially 40 – uh, trying to meet those expectations. I I went into um, I was going to go to medical school, um, but I ended up going into pharmaceutical R and D, mm. and then um, I I didn't feel like um, the the phrase was it's not about science, it's about compliance, and that wow. and so when when you're talking about pharmaceutical companies. Their their big concern, aside from, yeah, they want the R&D done. They want the new blockbuster drug done. But they're also terrified of the FDA and lawsuits. Mm. And so you spend a lot of your time focused on the compliance. Are we going to be, get sued? Because we didn't do the right thing. And so we end up following the, the dogma of it's compliance, not science, mm. to make sure that you don't get sued. So I got frustrated with that. And I was like, I, this is – I don't enjoy doing this. I want to be doing the science. And even the science, my focus on science, my focus on getting the credentials and having that approval from others, I realized now was I was following other people's expectations. Other people expected me to be smart. Mm -hmm. So I went into graduate school. Um, I, I went. Uh, I, I moved to Hawaii and got into graduate school for oceanography. I thought people would think I was awesome if I got a PhD in oceanography. <laughs> that's, like that, how, that's pretty awesome. I don't get me wrong. Like, that's <laughs> awesome. But you know, I I I got into a really really good graduate school and a top notch graduate school for oceanography. But I got into it and then, like, you know, a few months into it, I was like. I don't even like this stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. I want to like. Yeah, it's cool being a freaking oceanographer, like Steve Zizu, Life Aquatic. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I want the, I, I I want the approval of like someone with a PhD. But, you know what? Like, I actually don't like the daily grind of doing basic research mm-hmm. and whatnot. And mm-hmm. so, again, I made a shift into um, doing energy analysis. And, uh, you know, not to get totally drawn into this, but I I was bouncing from cool career to cool career, kind of climbing up the education ladder where really the, the, the primary driver was to get approval from other people. But I hadn't really done the hard work of figuring out what it is that I want, you know, what, what is it that I want? And so there's, we were talking about it a little bit this morning. Um, I, I think that there was this kind of like internal compass, this internal force inside of me that was like, OK, we're, we're going to take you down the road of self-sabotage. We're, we're going to start we're going to start dismantling this thing that you think is awesome, which is myself. And, you know, I think I'm, of course, I think I'm freaking the smartest guy out there, you know, and like <laughs> I I've got the best ideas uh, and like, look at how awesome I am. I'm like oceanography, I do energy analysis. I do all these great things. And I, I started to walk a path of dismantling that and realizing that I was following other people's expectations and I, I had I had to tear it all down to see that another pathway. So the insanity, the thing that I kept on doing over and over again was, oh, I'll go get I'll I'll get into a science career. Oh, I'll do oceanography. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll do like I was looking for these external things that I could do that Whether I think it was more on an unconscious level, but I was like, uh, if I get a PhD in oceanography, people are going to think I'm freaking awesome. If I go do energy analysis and, you know, change the world, people are going to think I'm awesome. So that was my insanity. And I had to break that down. And we were talking like we were talking about this morning, like it's 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 tabula rasa. It's an open canvas now where I'm going to reinvent. Who I am, right from the ground level, and I I don't give a shit about career trajectory. I don't mm-hmm. give a shit about having you know the portfolio of assets yeah. and all of that bullshit. Like I like if that's important to you and you've done your soul searching, that's freaking great. But for me. I had to break that down, and um, you know, it's in the road is going to show me the way. Mm -hmm. And we've got some cool ideas, and um, that's the message. That's the main message that I have to communicate is that, um, you know, if you've got a deep down longing to do something different, um, there are really intelligent, creative people. Out there, like Brian and myself, and I meet new people every day that are doing it differently. Mm-hmm. And it—it's not, you know, we're not hobos on the street, you know, that are thumbing our way around the country. And you know what? There are probably some cool people doing that, you know, yeah. that are, that are yeah. doing that. But it's not. Uh, it. It. You, you don't have to be scared that it's. Um, that you, you're going to become this dirtbag. A leech on society. You yeah. know, if you've got intelligence, if you've got cool ideas. There are other ways to do it, and and you and I are following. Yeah. You and I are living the dream. Yeah,
1: you know. Yeah, even though
0: we haven't showered for six days. Yeah, exactly. So I was still looking at my the hands.
1: Look at my hands. I, I, I call yeah. them. I call them hobo hands. Yeah, it's like very dirty. You know, I, I agree though. It's like uh, when I when I was in the corporate world, a lot of the things I did was to get eyeballs on me. Because I thought, well, if enough people like me, or if enough people validate what I'm doing, then maybe there is worth in it. <clears throat> but it was all based around consumerism or making money, and so it was like kind of like this: yeah, those things are real and they're out there, but it's like, don't place all your value in that because that, all that all that is is fleeting. You know, you have a nice car today, well, it can blow up tomorrow, or somebody could hit it. You know, have a good job today, well, you could lose it tomorrow. You know, and so if you, I, I got into the trap of almost defining myself with what i had and, and what i was doing and it was like and then i lost brian in the process yeah and i had, i actually ended up having a nervous breakdown in california you know and yeah i just got overburdened um, my grandfather had just passed away i had an ex employer who was being vindictive and trying to sue me for all the stupid stuff that didn't happen and i won i you know that's all been resolved uh, I i came out the victor in that and then a bunch of other things were going on too, and it was just too much at one time, and I and I buckled, and I and I I remember thinking to myself like I was relieved that it happened because I'm like thank God like mm. I I don't have the eyes on me anymore nobody's watching me anymore like. Like I'm, I'm out of their sight. Like I'm no longer placed up on this pedestal. It's like, Hey, look at Brian, he can do all these great things and all this stuff. But it's like Brian was dying inside Yeah. and no one, yeah. no one knew that. All they saw was this guy that kept on making more money and could afford more things and go on cooler trips and, you know, dressed real nice and all this stuff. But it was like, that was all just a friend for me to try to find what it was that I loved. And that wasn't it. I found that I didn't love that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. I can tell yeah. you that much. And, uh, and I mean, even with making all that money and stuff like that, it just came with a slew of problems and it's something that I wouldn't want to return to. I mean, uh, there's nothing wrong with making money, but I think in the fashion that I was doing it, it, it's just that the payout wasn't worth the effort and the sacrifice that I put in because I lost so much of myself. Yeah. And I look back on that and I'm like, man, I'm so glad that that happened for me to actually buckle and have that mental breakdown and like really just kind of go into my shell for like six months and try to figure out what was going on in my life. I'm glad that happened because then I was like, okay, now I can reinvent myself the way that I want to. Not the way that society wants. Not like the corporate world wants me in this specific role because I kick ass at talking to people or whatever it may be. It's like I'm going to go out and I'm going to find what I'm truly passionate about. And I'm going to build my life around that. Yeah. And since then, it's like – like I've, I've you and I have talked about how – like in the corporate world, I mean, I've definitely mentioned this a million times to a number of people. But it's like I look back on that 19-year period and it's kind of all gray. There are like some, a few bright spots here and there. But it's just like a gray, just vanilla, ho-hum, you mm-hmm. know, history. Mm-hmm. And then I think about the last three three years and three months of being on the road. And it's like I can remember back to my first year on the road and say, oh, yeah, in September this was going on. Or last year in January. This is what I was doing, and so I can't say that about my corporate life. And so I feel like living this way, time slows down. You're much more engaged than the now. Like we were talking about, you know, you get your water, you get your food, you want to make sure your vehicle's and you know, capable of wherever you're going. Like those are things that are now. Right. Like you're not playing the long game on a contract <laughs> that you're trying to land that that's nine months out. There's no long game out here. You know, yeah. it's like you live life and you live life now and. For those of us who maybe are bored in the corporate world, and not everybody's bored in the corporate world, there's lots of people that are engaged. Right. But for those that are bored and thinking like, why that, why am I not engaged the way other people are? Well, maybe something like this to where you're, to where you're living a lifestyle, to where you're in the now more is what you need. Yeah.
0: Uh, you know. I, I, that's like in the now. I, that is such a like a a really important. Um, That's the driver. I I Mm -hmm. think it's really, really what the driver is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know if you were going anywhere else. No, I just wanted to to pause on that. Like in the now, like there's a, there's just, I'm, I'm someone that I'm someone that needs, um, like there, there's some basics that I need and, and the basics that I need are to be in the now Mm -hmm. and having a way of living that forces me into the now, um, e- even if it's only for a few hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the medicine. That's the way that I want to live my life. And then everything on top of that is gravy and it's fun. But it's like at least I've satisfied that. I do just the presence, and I'm not doing. I'm not, I'm not doing justice. No, to no, me no. Me. i do not what you mean. Well,
1: it's it. it's hard to explain it because it's like before I lived like this. I don't know if I if I could literally verbally explain how this lifestyle brings you in there to where somebody who has an experience can understand it. It's like explaining the haircut on the phone, you know? Yeah. It's like, it's hard to do.
0: I think like, like you look at like, if you look at like the extreme sports dudes, mm-hmm. so, and women, the, the rock climbers, like mm-hmm. how much more now can you be than on like the face of a huge rock wall mm-hmm. and like, your next move is a move that's either like, like talk about like a piercing moment mm-hmm. now. Like that's, I, I, I need that way of life. And and I I don't need to get on a rock wall to do that. Um, there are stuff that I like doing where like life and death, like I, I like that stuff. But I, I think that that's the analogy of what I need mm-hmm. in, in life. I need experience that brings me into the now on the order of a rock climber of a surfer mm-hmm. of a you know you had that awesome interview with the folks that were in um in Africa you know how much more now can you be than cruising through the desert on a freaking motorcycle you know on your way to a freaking awesome lake and then Fearing running out of water, you know, and like spilling on your bike. Like there's just a, um, that is something that I need. And this lifestyle definitely facilitates it. And and it's now I understand that about myself and I, I get to, and and I don't have that experience of now when I'm in a corporate Mm -hmm. lifestyle or I'm, I'm, Mm I'm, I'm, you know, living in an apartment with my girlfriend Going to work every day and being like, yeah, the job's kind of interesting, but uh, I really don't kind of like it. Mm It's like I don't get that daily experience of now. And, you know, if you people could chalk that up to, you know, like, well, maybe you should just meditate every day. Like, yeah, I, I, I get into that, but I need something more. I need a hammer. Mm-hmm. You know, to get through, I need a metaphorical hammer to get through to me on a daily basis that experience of now. And this is just what the lifestyle does. So, cool. Um, yeah, you know, we've gone deep right here and, and we can, um, <laughs> maybe we sure, should yeah. just back off and um, we can, we can talk a little bit about my truck. And Yeah, uh, yeah, and definitely. I'd love to, well, and also too, you know, uh, just, you grew up uh, on the East Coast. Yeah, I'll give you, so I'll, I'll let's see if I can just uh, map out what, what. Mm-hmm. What the life of Craig has been, in like a couple of minutes. So I, so I, I actually grew up in Chicago, the Chicago North Shore of Chicago, till I was ten. Um, I moved out to Connecticut, um, did high school um, in the suburb. It's like the area of Connecticut that's close to New York City. Mm-hmm. So you know everybody's commuting into New York City, um, where I went to high school, and then I went back to Chicago for college, Lake Forest College, little liberal arts school. I majored in French. Yeah, I I I lived in Paris for six months. I did a semester abroad. Yeah, that's cool, man. Euro rail thing. Um, Yeah, we'll just do the quick resume thing. So then after college, um, I owned a moving company, um, and I did that for a year, um, and had a huge breakup, blow up with my partner, and uh, ended up. I think it was 82nd and 2nd Avenue in New York City. We were in a job. I had already laid out that I was going to, uh, you know, back away from the job. And he had lined up another job. um, And I was pissed about that. So I got out of the truck. I'm like, I got to go, Joe. And I just left the dude to do the job. And then I went to I went into uh, Starbucks management. After that, I moved back to Chicago, and then and then I was like, "Well, I got to do something with my life that's going to impress other people." So went back, got almost a second bachelor's degree in science. Wanted to go to med school, but then I saw people in med school, and I was like, "That life sucks." And I'm going to go into pharmaceutical R and D, and so I did that for four years. And then I was like, this isn't satisfying me. I went into cancer research. I published first author. Wow. Yeah, I did that. Dang, and, dude, that's, um, that's awesome. Then I moved to Hawaii from Chicago. That's a good move. No. I, like, say, I, on, I got, out of all the moves you made in the corporate nah, role, that's
1: not a bad
0: one. No, <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, I, I moved down there. and I, So I was planning on doing more cancer research. But I, uh, I went and I was like – well do I do cancer research or do I do oceanography like I'm going to do oceanography people are going to think that's badass. (laughs) Sounds better on a
1: business card. Yeah (laughs) so
0: I I did that basic research was not what I wanted to do so I went in in oceanography I I learned a lot about the climate change problem Mm. and I was like well what are we going to do to solve that problem so I got more interested in energy analysis um and that's gonna be
1: a great singular podcast topic yeah or, or we'll maybe or maybe that. an ongoing one because i'm really interested to learn about that because it's like like i was listening to the elon musk uh podcast that was on I uh, joe the rogan one. Yeah. yeah and he was like he was like this is the craziest experiment that uh society that 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 we can do as humans is to take carbon out of the ground and put it in the air and the oceans
0: yeah, and, and was, it's we can we can dive like, deep. I was like, that. that's
1: that's the most basic way to explain that
0: That's a fucked up problem. Yeah, no, I can, and I, you know, it was really interesting. Like I, I when I when I started getting into um, the energy analysis and whatnot, actually, I got in through the back door by doing carbon accounting, hmm. so greenhouse gas emissions accounting. There were efforts to develop carbon markets to trade carbon. Um, between power plants and all these other things. So I became an expert in doing carbon accounting and mm-hmm. corporate cowering and accounting. And I was interviewed, I did the state carbon inventory for the state of Hawaii oh, wow. and I was submitting reports to the state legislature and we were in negotiations with the Chicago climate exchange to get into that. And, and then I got into, and then I got, yeah, it, it, it I don't, I don't want to go too uh, too off the rails on that because we can um, we could do that. But I uh, anyway, I got I got after eight years in Hawaii, I got tired of living in Hawaii, living in the middle of the ocean. Like people think it's like oh Hawaii beaches, sun, and all that. Like I'm I like four seasons and whatnot, and I'd always wanted to live in Colorado, so I'm like fuck it, I'm living moving to Colorado, <laughs> and I'll, I'll I'll become the energy expert there, yeah. you know. And so I moved to Colorado. And, um, uh, I did social science survey development. Um, so developing, uh, scientific surveys for communities and did that for a year. That was not a good choice on my part. But then after that, um, I went and started working for Vestas Wind in building wind turbine blades.
1: Cool. I saw your post on yeah, that. Yeah, so I know. And
0: so we would actually build those things from scratch. It became a crane operator, forklift driver. Dude, so that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, no. It was, it was like, talk about like Jedi. You're lifting up these 10-ton Wind turbine blades—you've probably seen how many yeah, these. Like, so huge. I was doing that, like managing two cranes at a time. Like <laughs> it's, like, moving, it's like the
1: best joystick. Oh video my game god! You can have. I,
0: I could talk about being in the now, like when you're living. Like I'm freaking getting a, a boner lifting those <laughs> things up, you know? Like moving them over, just like using big power tools and then yes. driving around like cranes. Oh, that's awesome! But then, yeah, then then it all started to come off the rails, and I, I was really. You know, you, you talked about your own six-month process to moving into this lifestyle. Mine was not as clean as that, man. Like, I self-combusted. I, and I went through a five, six-year period. I was in a relationship. And God bless her. She's an amazing woman. But there there were just dynamics of that that, um, that added Kindle to the self-combustion um, that that needed to occur and so anyway i i uh, i moved from doing that vestus wind i just i i my foot my actually i, I tore my calf Ouch. and um and so i backed off of that and i've been bouncing around flipping houses i did that for a while and then i went out east cool. and um and then the, another another podcast. Interesting one, will you. You remember when I I went to Standing Rock? Yeah, you
1: know, yeah, with that, that, water, that with that
0: pipeline. Yeah, you the know? pipeline protests. And you
1: you were calling out the media for yes. not reporting properly because everything that was going on out there that was being reported was bullshit. Yeah, and you're like, that's actually not what's
0: going on. I'm here. I, it was actually there when they had that water cannon. Yeah, code. like it, that was insane. It was insane. So. Yeah, and I mean, I sailed to Cuba. You know, like oh, you did. Like, yeah, Dude, I sailed to that's Cuba. What I yeah, we, I was I've down to Key West.
1: I think that I didn't sail Like, like as long as I had a destination, I don't think just sitting on a boat in the middle of nowhere would do me, do me well. But if I was going somewhere and had a, like a plan, that'd be that'd be a yeah, wrap. yeah, that'd be so
0: cool. Yeah. So anyway, there's like I, I I've bounced around. Like I said, my. My process was not as clean as, as yours. There was some messy, messy, yeah. messy stuff, and I'm, oh, I, I'm still getting out of it.
1: I, I actually have quite a bit of messy stuff. It's just that that six months was the first part of a six-year process for me yeah. to hit the road. Because when, when that happened, let's see, that was in 2007 when I had my, my mental lapse. And I'd say by 2013, I figured, okay, I need to hit the road. Yeah, and then I hit the road in 2015.
0: Yeah, so well, I think you and I, you and I, actually rendezvoused. I think, and we rendezvoused in that pickup truck camping. That's right. The Facebook group, yep. like when it was like just it was small little thing. Yeah, like you posted like, something, and I'm like, I'm in BV. Yeah, I was like, like, dude, let's hang. Yeah, yeah. And, then that, yeah. and,
1: and I, I can say, man, out of all the people that I've camped with and stuff like that, when you and I get together in camp and we play cards or whatever, we have the best conversation. So that's why this podcast. I mean. I'm just like stoked. Yeah. And the stuff that we'll, that we'll get out. And, and, uh, I mean, for the audience here, like Craig, Craig, Craig and I go deep. Like this, uh, this podcast here is just this little sample of what we can do, but we're going to go way deep.
0: This is um, why we talk like all the time. Yeah. You know, like we talk life and just <laughs>
1: talk philosophy. And you know not even, we'll even talk, Uh, a little bit of politics we probably won't do that on the podcast because that can be kind of a and it should be
0: known that i I think i think brian i could call him a conservative Uh and and i'm a tree hugger kind of liberal guy so if we can get along and and like there's hope for the world yeah exactly And and we get along
1: fabulously you know we just share ideas and stuff like that but anyway we're, we're really excited to share this with you and i'm um, like i said i'm super stoked to have you uh, yeah back in colorado and stuff like that so we can crank out content for everybody good
0: good good to be here yeah cool, i'm, I'm stoked.
1: So cool what do you say we wrap this one up and then um uh, next podcast, maybe we can go a little deeper on some stuff.
0: Yeah, and we, and we touch base on my Tacoma and all sorts of different stuff that we can tap into. Yeah, definitely. Let's, let's good, do that. So. Good intro. Good right. Craig Bryan intro right there. <laughs>
1: all right. Hope everybody's having a good day. And, you know, hit us up with any questions if you have some questions for Craig. Um, do you want to give out your email,
0: or, uh, or do you want to just have him shoot, shoot it to me? Yeah, or? shoot it shoot it to Brian right now. I'm I'm still I'm not the marketing genius mm-hmm. Brian is, so I'm I'm working on my platform. So
1: yeah. So yeah. in the meantime, just go to coloradobackcountryadventures.com and just click on the podcast or just contact, and then it goes to a little form. You can shoot me a message from there. And uh, any messages for Craig regarding his past or present plans or future plans, just hit us up, and we'll make sure to address it. Sounds great, man. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks.